0: Hey there, it's Gary Perry. It's Sunday, December 31st, 2017. Last day of 2017. Welcome back to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. I got Matt Norlander here with me and we weren't planning to record another podcast today, but uh, just so much happened yesterday on Saturday that we decided to get one more in in 2017. Among the highlights from uh, that busy Saturday, Trey Young got 39 points, 14 assists in Oklahoma's win at TCU. Arizona uh, gave Arizona State its first loss. Alabama blew out Texas A&M. Arkansas got by Tennessee in overtime. And we're going to get to to some of that, perhaps all of that. But I wanted to start with you know, Butler's win over top-ranked Villanova because Norlander was inside Hinklefield Fieldhouse. Uh, for that game, and he watched Butler shoot, I think it was 60% from the field, 68% from three-point range, to upset the nation's top-ranked team. It looked fun on TV. Was it fun in person? How was Hinkle, Norlander?
1: Hinkle was a great time. That really is just a tremendous venue. It was a sellout, and, you know, what's interesting about the building is that uh, it's a, it, the sellout capacity, I guess, yesterday was, like, ninety-two forty-four, but it's got such a high – it's got, you know, that that typical – Fieldhouse, you know, half-circle ceiling. So it's it's spacious, but yet cozy at the same time. And uh, that crowd was ready. And, damn, I felt lucky to be in the building for that. That was uh, an, an aberrational performance from Butler, only in the sense that it shot 68% from three. And this is not, you know, even... I wouldn't qualify Butler as a B-level three-point shooting team in college basketball this season. They're just okay. Um, they did, I think, I, I asked the... Uh, John Dedman, their sports information director at halftime. Hey, what you know? Are you on pace to to break your single season or this season's record for threes in a game? He said, "No, we hit like 18 against. I think it was Eastern Illinois earlier in the season. So they actually haven't had another game where they've uh, where they've caught fire. But um, not like what they did against Villanova, where they hit six straight buckets. Five of those are threes near the end of the first half. That was." Uh, Insanity, Uh, like absolute insanity. And it it wound up being vital because Villanova made a charge in the second half. But Paul Jorgensen put up a career best. I think it was 23. Keelan Martin had a game high of 24. Butler now has three straight wins over Villanova. Two of those wins came uh, they bookend, they bookend the, the the calendar year here. Both times that Butler beat Villanova, when Nova was the number 1 ranked team in the country, Villanova was an undefeated team in the country. But now um January 4th of 2017, December 30th of 2017, Butler gets those wins and remember Butler also beat Villanova uh in between those, they have three consecutive wins Impressively, one of those obviously being on the road at Villanova last season. And uh, I, was, I got home way late last night and I uh, I flicked on the television and I caught uh, uh, Scott Van Pelt in Sports Center. And the stat was something insane, Parrish. It was like Villanova is like 52 and 1 versus all other non-Butler teams, and in that same span as 0-3 against Butler or something ridiculous right. like that, um, which is totally bonkers. And it's really fun, too, because Butler is now the foil for Villanova. Like, the league is still Villanova's. I still think Villanova's going to finish atop the Big East standings. Xavier's been right there, you know, chasing Villanova all this time. But Butler, new coach, and obviously it matters uh, that they got the right kind of coach in, but it's one of those things where it's like, well, Holtman did it. Laval Jordan's been able to do it, and Butler has become this this unexpected foil for a program that we have said on previous podcasts, you know, has a claim to being really like the most consistently good program in college basketball over the past three, four, five years, and now you get a huge win from Butler. It's their first win over a reasonably projected NCAA tournament team, so really good for their resume, and we'll get more into this, I think, big picture later in this podcast, but it was uh, part of a uh, collective day of the final unbeatens getting knocked off and part of that is obviously they go on the road we both thought Villanova would win you thought Villanova was going to crush him I thought it'd be a little bit tighter either way we were both way wrong because none of us expected Mm -hmm. Butler to do what it did it was the first time Nova allowed a team to go for a hundred plus since that famous or for Villanova infamous game remember GP against Creighton I think it was on like a Monday night Doug McDermott's senior year when they went insane Ethan Rogge hit like 17 three-pointers and they absolutely (laughs) blasted Villanova remember that game Yes, absolutely. Awesome. That was the last time a team put up 100-plus on Villanova. And to me, it's more about Butler. Um, the Villanova loss, like, you know, it, it's not good, but I, Jay Wright understands what he's got there. The team's really, really good. You take a loss like this, it kind of is what it is. Uh, there were some defensive lapses in terms of some backdoor cuts Butler was able to pull off, which was Really impressive, um, but some of it was like they just went bonkers from three-point range. And when you're at home, crowds up for it. It's the biggest game of your season so far. You kind of take your lumps, head back home, and hoping you can uh, regroup, recover, and and get on the right path real quick.
0: It actually makes me think, even that Villa, Like I don't, I didn't need Villanova to prove anything to me. But, like, that loss doesn't make me think any less of Villanova because here's the truth. You mentioned Butler's not a very good three-point shooting team. Let's put a number on it. They rank 159th in the country in three-point shooting. They're shooting 35.4% from beyond the arc, and that's including – exactly. Yes. That's including yesterday, right? So they were even worse um, before they played Villanova. And so then they go shoot 68% from three. They're just banging a man from all over the court, and Villanova still had a chance at the end. Like, when you are able to endure that – that kind of three-point shooting from a top 40-50ish type team in a sold-out hostile uh, road venue when you're able to deal with all that and then still 5 minutes to go you got a chance to win that means you're good i mean like that because under normal circumstances you're just an okay team or even just a good team like you get run off the court you lose by 30 you lose that game by 30 um like, like Louisville lost by 30, basically, the other day uh, to Kentucky. The fact that Villanova had a shot to win that game at the end, I think, speaks pretty well of Villanova.
1: I completely agree. And I, I, I actually think, like, if Villanova plays to its water level going forward, finishes atop the standings in the Big East, and even, say, you know, makes the Big East championship game, or just eh, – If they're ranked in the top five-ish at the end of the season, I still think they're going to be in in contention for a number one seed because I expect them to be most most of what we've seen so far this season. And the committee's not going to knock Nova all that much for losing a game at Butler like this unless... Unless Butler, just the bottom falls out, and I don't think that's going to happen. I think Butler proved, if you want to go big picture, with this kind of win at home, uh, I think it's proving that it can you know, get into the NCAA tournament and should get into the NCAA tournament. Obviously, there's still plenty of work for them to do. I did note that was their first win over a reasonably projectable uh, NCAA tournament team yesterday, but 12-3 and record. It's a, a really good start for Laval Jordan. Took this job in June, um, and... We've said that plenty over over the past seven months, GP. But it is an unusual circumstance to get the job under the circumstances that he did. And yes, you had Keelan Martin, Kamar Baldwin coming back. I understand that, but Jorgensen's really stepped up, and 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 I think Jordan uh, Laval Jordan's been able to take the roster that Holtman built and turn it into something that's pretty pretty impressive offensively all around at this point. Um, I I like their chances. To get in with ease. And if we had talked, I mean, think about this. They were down 20 to Georgetown on the road on Wednesday. And in that moment, it easily looked like, oh, boy this is going to be trouble because Butler's looking at staring at 0-3 starting the Big East and certainly being way out of the NCAA tournament picture at that point. Well, instead, they rally. They beat the Hoyas in double OT. Then they look really good against Villanova, and they've given themselves a little bit of cushion here because no one is going to expect Butler to go into Xavier and get that win on the road, particularly because Xavier got a huge scare from DePaul and was able to rally. I didn't see that game because I was at Hinkle, but I think they were down like – Thirteen points or something at some point they come back. They've done that. They've done that a lot this season. They like have, I, I don't. Been. I don't yeah. want to
0: say a lot, but they've done it. Well, they were down big to East Tennessee State. Like they're good enough to dig out of it. Right. But that. But if you're looking for a problem sign with Xavier, like why do they keep falling behind by double digits to uh, grossly inferior teams?
1: Yeah, I just think with that now uh, so fresh in, in their memory, and Butler having this huge win, I'm expecting on Tuesday night when Butler goes to Cincinnati for Xavier to play pretty well and, and win that game. And, and that's fine, by the way. Butler, you know, it, they'll take a 2 and one start every time when two of those three teams are Nova and Xavier and two of those three games are on the road.
0: Uh, I love Laval Jordan's uh, T-shirt over the collared shirt look. agree with that? He looked good.
1: He did, he did look good. If, if you'll allow <laughs> me just real quick on that. I mean, I mean, I don't want to get weird, but, like, he's a good-looking man, and that was a good look. It was – one, it was a great look, and two, you know – I don't think he had to do that, but yesterday was also. And list longtime readers of the site and listeners of the podcast know that I've chronicled, uh, you know the the Butler story as it pertains to Andrew Smith, the late Andrew Smith. And yesterday, uh, part of why I was there for a story that I'll have uh, coming up in January was, you know, it was the Be the Match Awareness Day. And it's a huge thing with Butler because you can just donate. You can take a cheek swab, mail it into the Be the Match people who are headquartered in Minneapolis, and you can potentially, without even knowing it, literally save someone's life who has cancer, right? So a lot of people don't realize this. It's not in the public consciousness yet. But they're working toward it, and yesterday was their huge be the match day. They had uh, registration forms there. Um, you can simply, if you are listening to this podcast right now, oh, I want to get this. I want to get this right. If you are listening to this podcast right now, and and say, you know what, I want to, I want to do this. I want to try and potentially save someone's life because the one in four hundred thirty chance that you'll actually get called to do this. You can text. I took a photo of it. I'm just bringing it up. You can text Andrew to 38470 and there were shirts what well, was that was really cool something that might not have come through on, on TV and it wasn't you know part of the recaps and columns and everything but there were a lot of people wearing those be the match shirts just like Laval Jordan was all the coaches were people in the stands and you had everyone walking around Hinkle Fieldhouse with this text text Andrew shirt on and the be the match shirt. And then there was a specific, you know, Andrew Smith moose caricature shirt, which was just awesome. So amid all of that, it was an emotional day for Butler. It was the first huge win of Laval Jordan's head coaching career. Like he had some nice wins in, in a struggling season in Milwaukee and beating Ohio state and Portland and that huge comeback win was great. But this is like the first huge, huge win of his head coaching career. And for it to come on this be the match awareness day when, you know, Andrew Smith's spirit was obviously very heavy in that building it just added to what is for that community that team and those fans a, a very very significant day
0: hey a lot of people might have been reading uh, wearing those shirts nobody was rocking it like laval was rocking it
1: <laughs> I, you, you find laval jordan to be a very attractive man and the most attractive head coach in college basketball we all get that let's move on
0: should we update our uh, our good-looking coaches list and where would laval be on it
1: I think he's got to be – I mean, are we, if we're going seeding-wise um, and if we still consider the man that was opposite him yesterday to still be a one Jay, seed.
0: Jay uh, Wright's still the GOAT. Jay Wright's still the GOAT. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> Laval, I think, at worst, has got to be a three seed. That's all. Yeah. Three seed? That I'm just like saying the, at worst. The, I'm saying at worst. That puts, him in the, that puts him in like the 9 to
0: 12 range right now. Name eight head coaches, Division one level, better looking than Laval
1: Jordan. All right. Let's do this here. Um, Tony Bennett, obviously.
0: I don't know about obviously, but Tony's belongs on the list. Sure, a good looking man.
1: Uh, well, we have gone back and forth between Tony and Jay on the podcast before. Um, I feel like Jay's the goat. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> dude, who else are we going? I'm going down. I'm looking at the Ken Palm list. I'm like scrolling is, right is, now. Is, is,
0: Ke- is, this is top is a little a good, rough?
1: Ke- Ke- Kevin Willard. Kevin Willard's the good looking man. Uh, he doesn't have it on LaBelle. Um. You don't – no, I'm not, I'm not putting him up there with Lavall.
0: I'm just saying if we're trying to list good-looking college basketball coaches. This, this no, whole I podcast has gotten really
1: weird. <laughs> I, I get you. Dude, you know what? He, yeah, there's – I'm just uh, – this is – I'm scrolling I mean, through too. Shaka's probably up there. Shaka's
0: on the list.
1: Definitely on the list. Yeah. Uh, oh, Mike White is a one seed. You got to think Mike White's a one seed, right?
0: You're willing to put Mike White a one seed? Good-looking man, I'll give you that.
1: I think he probably is. Hey, I could – what on earth are we talking about right now, David? Pageant, are... You know what? Got to consider good looking it. Good-looking man. Good-looking man. Avery Tom. Johnson was a pro. Got to think. A, Gotta I think, think. I mean, well, I don't think being a pro. Danny Hurley's got no shot being anywhere near this. Listen, anyone listening? Whoa, whoa, They can tell Danny whoa. I said that. Uh, no,
0: <laughs> that's uh, that's rough. Is Eric Musselman, a good-looking guy. I think Eric Musselman's a good-looking guy. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah. Pretty,
1: I think Conzo Martin's a pretty good-looking guy. Conzo Martin's a really good-looking guy. He looks strong. Yeah, that's true. That's that's very very true. So got a great voice too. Got a great voice. We've hit we've <laughs> we've hit a curve on this podcast. I didn't expect, but uh, yeah, there we go for starters. There we go. All right.
0: I'm still scrolling through.
1: <laughs>
0: I want to I want to identify other good looking Danny man and good looking man. Um,
1: he just is. I know. Oh, you, you Bryce Drew.
0: Bryce Drew, good looking man. No doubt. Still going through this.
1: I dare you to call oh, really? out someone the way I call oh, out Hurley.
0: Underrated good-looking man, Rick Stansberry.
1: Do you say so, man?
0: I think he's an underrated good-looking man. I'll
1: tell you the most underrated good-looking man. <laughs> I, th- I think I th- it might be Brad Underwood. Brad Underwood's—he's a gentleman. Looks, looks distinguished. Like if he,
0: if like if, if he were a a poli- like if he were a Republican politician, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, I, yeah. I, I could, I could see that easy. Who yeah. else we got? Who else? I'm, I'm down through the, I'm going through Kempom. I'm at like one fifty now.
1: Okay, dude, you've been just zipping through this thing. Josh Pastor, good looking man. You don't yeah. think so? No, I'm not saying good looking no. man.
0: good looking man. There's a,
1: there's a lot of, a lot of relatively good looking men. In
0: oh, basketball. I got one for you, Matt McCall, good looking man.
1: Young too, yeah, that's true. Yeah. If we're going, if we're going that low, you know, Lamont you Smith like, San Diego. You, you like, Lamont you Smith like, San Diego is a good looking dude. I can't deny you, that. You like your coaches young? No, I'm just saying he's a relatively <laughs> young guy. Let me tell you about SeatGeek. It's the yeah. best ticket purchasing app
0: in the whole wide world. You can get tickets to anything there: college basketball games, NBA games, football games, concerts. And make sure you use the promo code CollegeBB because when you download the SeatGeek app. And then you go buy tickets for the first time, tickets to anything. Doesn't have to be basketball, it could be anything. And you use the promo code COLLEGEBB, you're going to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So make sure you're doing that. So if you don't have the app, go ahead and get it. It's on my phone. It's on Norland's phone. When I need tickets to something, it is the place that I check. And it's the only place I check because those days of searching multiple ticket sites, those days are over. You don't have to do that anymore. SeatGeek handles that for you. They search multiple sites to ensure uh, they're finding you the best seat the best value, the best price, the best everything. They do all the work for you. So then you're saving time and you're saving money. So next time you need tickets to anything, football game, basketball game, hockey, concert, anything, you go to that SeatGeek app. Go to the SeatGeek app. And then if you're using it for the first time, buying tickets for the first time, use the promo code COLLEGEBB, that's COLLEGEBB, and you will get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek! Millions
1: of tickets in one place. Brett Reed's a good-looking guy. Lehigh coach. He anyway, is, uh, Arizona you know he is. Arizona State played a game. Yeah, no, but he
0: is a good-looking guy. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, Arizona Arizona State did play a game last night. And special shout out uh, to Stephen from Arizona, who was clearly listening to the last podcast. <laughs> he sent me a note. He said, "GP, I want you to be able to watch this game." He actually gave me his girlfriend's oh Cox, <laughs> his girlfriend's like Cox login. And so I uh, I actually was able to last night on if my own. If anyone iPhone. needs to,
1: they can rewind that. That sentence was on the up and up. Yeah, you kind of threw those words together in a hurry there, but continue. Uh,
0: I'm sorry. Um, he gave me the login. His his girlfriend's cable login. There we'll we put go. It that and uh, so I was able to watch Arizona, Arizona State. Fun game. Arizona won. I thought Arizona would win. I mean, when you, I would pick Arizona to beat anybody inside the McKell Center. Um, but I think that a lot of people were – I mean, I don't know, but I assume that a lot of people thought, okay, this is where Arizona State gets exposed. This is where Arizona State comes back to earth. And they lost the game, but like they were in it and they traded punches. And I thought it was a good performance from them, so much so that I didn't punish them at all in the top 25 and one that I updated on Sunday morning. I had them ranked number two on Saturday morning and losing a competitive game at Arizona. I didn't feel like I should punish them for that. So I kept them at number two
1: interesting strategy there cotton um that's probably fair um i th- uh, yeah uh, resume was you're you're cool with that both teams resumes at this point Arizona state yeah. Arizona
0: yeah i mean like i still got arizona in the teens i mean those three losses in atlantis happened
1: yeah Yeah, i mean you gotta you gotta knock them for it no doubt you
0: you you can't just erase them
1: but you know this is
0: where you know you get into different conversations like okay i have them ranked in the teens but do i really think there are 10 teams like right now at this moment better than arizona probably not but um but you know the resume is is the resume but if an arizona fan wanted to tweet me and they are and say, hey, you've got Arizona uh, rated too low. Like I, I – it's clearly subjective and I don't even completely disagree. Like I, I could make a reasonable argument um, if I were an Arizona fan about why Arizona should be ranked higher than it is right now, whether it's in the AP poll, coaches poll or in the top 25 and one. And you could start it with like two obvious things. A, just look at how they're playing now relative to how they played uh, at the Battle for Atlantis, and then also, you know, they got Raleigh Hawkins now, and that matters. They didn't have him before, um, but I didn't, I didn't think Arizona State embarrassed itself or <clears throat> looked like a team that maybe spent November, early December, playing a little bit above its head, and now they're going to settle back into being what we thought they would be, which is a middle of the pack, uh, Pac-12 team. Like they look like they look like a you know, like a real top ten basketball team, and so I didn't feel like I uh, should punish them. For that, and I moved Duke to number one. Did you see this?
1: Of course, I saw it. I don't know if I agree with that.
0: Well, here's the thing. So I started looking at it last night because
1: you I really don't want to punish teams for losing on the road.
0: <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I, I, well, I, to losing good, to good teams on the road. Like I didn't punish Tennessee for losing at Arkansas. I didn't punish TCU for losing by a point to. To Oklahoma, I moved to Oklahoma ahead of TCU, but I didn't drop TCU at all. And um, yeah, I didn't punish Arizona State for for losing at at Arizona. And then, but uh, last night I, I started working on the top twenty-five and one because basically all the games were over that mattered by the time Arizona Arizona State tipped off. And I assumed that Arizona was going to win, which means which I, I knew meant there was going to be some at least i thought there would be some shakeup after villanova lost i knew there would be a new number 1 so i started looking at it and everybody just sort of goes okay if you had duke num- i mean if you had villanova number 1 and arizona state number 2 and michigan state number 3 which is what i had yesterday and villanova lost and arizona state lost well now michigan state's got to be the number 1 team in the country and i was considering that but when you look at it there was just absolutely no way to reach the conclusion that Michigan State actually is or should be the number one team in the country, unless you just say I think they're the best team, I'm ranking them number one. But there's no other
1: thing. They, they have been romping. I I know the the opponents. Yeah, they've been romping. They've been Southern Utah, Oakland, they Houston have Baptist, they
0: this Long Beach State, Cleveland State, Savannah State.
1: Yeah, no, the, the opponents haven't been good, but they're not even like leaving any room for doubt. Like they're just killing teams right now just putting that out there just you know as as a mere discussion point they look i know the opponents are bad but they're not even like there's the opponents aren't even getting within 20 points they've scored 100 plus in four straight games and have scored 80 plus in six straight games they look awesome they look like they're performing as the best team in America I get that the uh, the opponents have not been on the same level, though. Totally.
0: Yeah, I uh, listen. I I don't want to make this sound like uh, I hate Michigan State or I think they're uh, overrated or what. I got them ranked third in the country. I, uh, I, I, if you ask me to pick them uh, final four teams right now, I'd pick them. They'd be one of my four teams in the final four. Um, They're obviously terrific, but uh, like, why would you have Michigan State ranked? Number one ahead of Duke right now. Both teams are because they are going to be in the AP poll, I would assume.
1: Definitely, but that's just the way the poll works. It's going to happen that way. It's
0: just the way the poll works. And like whatever, it's, that will not be what I spend my poll attacks column Monday afternoon on. Like if Michigan State's ranked number one, fine. Like you know, I, I don't ever use that column to to argue things that are debatable. I try to find just one stupid thing that you can't even really defend, and then I focus on it. Um, so if Michigan State's number one, fine with me. But okay, they're both one loss teams. Duke's got better wins. Duke's got four top 40 wins. Nobody else in the country has four top 40 wins. Literally nobody. Duke is the only team in the country at this moment with four top 40 Kempon wins. Michigan State only has two top 50 wins. So, okay, so Duke's got better wins. They're both one-loss teams. And Duke has a neutral court win over Michigan State when Marvin Bagley played 10 minutes. Like, I, I, I don't understand. It, 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 you, and You have
1: – I understand. You, there, is yeah. a, there, there is the case for Duke. You just – they – they had they got a competitive game at home against the quality Florida State team.
0: Yeah, they almost got, almost got caught.
1: They they did almost get caught, and then you bumped them up seven spots, right? They were like number six or seven before yesterday.
0: I I think I had them seventh before yesterday. Yeah, yeah. so that's
1: but, all. yeah, no, but
0: I I just looked at the resume perhaps i should have like i mean maybe the duke fans that were yelling the duke fans that think i'm the only smart guy today like are the same ones that were calling me an idiot four days ago that i had them too low like perhaps they were right i had them, maybe i had them too low but when you start looking at the resume now four top 40 wins nobody can match that you know yesterday's win over florida state even though it was more competitive than i think most people anticipated still a ranked team and florida state's good so you add another victory over a ranked team Gives you four top 40 Ken Palm wins. And then the Boston College loss, yeah, that's still a bad loss. But it's not as bad today as it looked on the day that it happened because right. Boston College is now a top 75 team. It wasn't at the time. It's like a borderline top 100 team. It's now moved up to top 75 at Ken Palm. And they hit all those three-pointers on Duke, but Whatever. Losses are losses and wins are wins. Um, but like Boston College almost beat Virginia
1: yesterday. I, know. Like
0: I, I I think Boston College is pretty good. So that loss looks better today than it did then. They got better wins than um, – they got – I should say better wins than anybody because you could argue Oklahoma right now has got better wins just focusing on those those two big road wins at Wichita State and TCU. But they've got four top 40 Kimball wins and nobody's got that. So I went ahead and put Duke one, left Arizona State two, put Michigan State at three. And Michigan State fans now think I'm the dumbest person on the planet. They tweet me that. They've been tweet about every two minutes all day long today. My flight home from Lexington, i basically just reading my mentions from Michigan State fans calling me an idiot. That's it's fun.
1: unhealthy. Uh, where do you have TCU ranked right now? I kept them at eight. That's probably uh, – uh, I don't know actually.
0: Oh, If you wanted to argue that's too high, I, like, again, that's one of those things that is subjective. Home loss.
1: Good team. It they lost home. to, but it's still a home loss. And they should not, they shouldn't have lost the game.
0: They were up double digits with like what five minutes to go, something like that.
1: Yeah, that was. Uh, listen, Oklahoma is. It will. It will move from being a Trey Young only story, and trust me, Trey Young is going to be a. We have to talk about him pretty much every game before or after he plays. But this. This is a team moving closer and closer toward just. Uh, offensive relentlessness that it's, that it's going to be... They're going to be so good on that end that they're going to have a chance I think in every single road game they play in the league. They're not going to win them all, obviously. That won't happen, but um, they're that good on O that they're going to have a real, real good chance and uh just real quick on this, um, c- c- just TCU-Oklahoma game, and then we can talk about no undefeateds if you want and go wherever you want with it. But um, I was talking with an Oklahoma assistant. I just texted him while I was getting ready to board my plane, and then he ended up calling me because he was driving home. And he was just saying that, like, it is it is surreal how much better Trey is getting at little things that people aren't even talking about yet. Like, defensively, he was doing things – now, he had he, they did say – uh, he had some stupid turnovers yesterday, um, a couple bad shots. He's not without some, some iffy habits here and there, uh, but it really is just totally picking nits here because defensively he's picking up, um, and he is just capable and of, of putting up numbers that, like, the coach told me that he could have he could slash should have had about 18 or 19 assists, and he missed apparently a few layups that I didn't see. Uh, and so he could have – what did he finish with yesterday, like 39 and 14 Something like yeah,
0: that. Right? Yeah. What's so wild is like it's thirty nine and fourteen. Those are in, like those are ridiculous numbers. Right. And and yet it's just like oh yeah Trey Young got thirty nine and fourteen. Yeah. It's just like whatever. It. I mean,
1: it, it, he it could have been like a forty. The coach was saying like <laughs> he could have been like forty five and eighteen basically. Like he, he actually didn't play like amazingly well. Um, no. And it's just listen, we we don't need to sing Trey's praises on every damn podcast, but it's what you wrote is accurate. Like we are weirdly accelerating to a point where these numbers are becoming normalized and they should not be because, again, (laughs) no one's ever done this. No one's ever averaged this many points and this many assists in the modern era in college basketball. And now it's getting to where, like, half of it's like, oh, yeah, he shoots bonkers shots, but then, oh, yeah, he's kind of like – he seemed he seemingly was having like just an okay day for most of that game until he I think he had a kind of a, a push late but it was like even at that point he was at like thirty one and eight and it was that's still dumb like it's just he is a, he is a different kind of player and I know Bagley and Aiton still look good there's still no one in my opinion that's close to him right now for National Player of the Year
0: he's running away with it and i'm glad you said what you said at the very beginning like at first this was just a trey young story like man trey young's awesome man trey young is bananas now it's like hey hey oklahoma's awesome too i I don't know if you saw this but uh andy katz had tweeted or either somebody tweeted about it i can't remember but essentially katz had had a conversation with with Bob Huggins, and Huggs said he thinks Oklahoma's the best team in the Big 12 this season. Like, he thinks Oklahoma will, should win the Big 12 this season. And so, like, it's not just that Trey Young's awesome. It's that Trey Young is awesome on an awesome team. I mean, I, I don't know how many teams are going to go into TCU and win this year. Like, TCU's good. I, they might not be eighth in the country good, like I have them, but they're legitimate top 20 good. And to go in and win there, to win in a, in a matter of, th- you know, a, a span of three weekends, win at Wichita State, and win at TCU, yeah. I mean, that's, that's that's pretty impressive stuff. And um, the idea that, you know, you know, and they were bad last year, Oklahoma. And so uh, this isn't only Trey, but he's obviously been a, a difference maker in a way that, frankly, Ben Simmons couldn't be at LSU or Markel Fultz couldn't be at Washington because he's got that team operating at a, at a high level uh, as well. And the idea that he has, I'll use your word, normalized 39 and 14 is just incredible and honestly Bagley's done a little bit of the same thing like he got 30 and 20 yesterday 30 and 21
1: see that and I it, didn't even
0: realize that yeah that's, that's my point I mean he's just he we, we go okay oh Bagley was awesome again like those two guys are really like doing incredible stuff for for top 10 teams you know we don't always and you would know this better than than most because you handle the freshman watch you know we don't always have our best freshman playing on great teams we haven't in recent years anyway um but like right now like you know some of the best freshmen in the country guys that are putting up bonkers numbers are also on on top 10 teams it's it's obviously Trey Young and at Oklahoma and Marvin Bagley uh at at Duke and Bill Simmons tweeted yesterday and I put this in the column that that Trey Young is the best freshman guard he's ever seen in college basketball and whether that's True or not? I mean, we could get into that another time. I'm not a historian. I like I remember Chris Jackson, but I can't. I don't know the details. Oh,
1: man, it's so funny you mentioned that because the Oklahoma assistant invoked Chris Jackson's name yesterday, and I was like, I had not heard anyone say that yet. But yeah, anyway, continue. That's because people yeah. forget how awesome he was. He said Jackson did not have the vision, didn't move the ball up the floor the same way Trey does. But in some ways, right. Trey is like a, a different kind of version of, of Chris Jackson.
0: Right. That's Mississippi native Chris Jackson. Boom. Who later became Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. But um. Yeah, I mean, so like Chris Jackson was obviously an awesome freshman guard, and there have been others. But the point I made in the column, which is, which was – is that like it's not even – that's not hyperbole. Like he really might be the best freshman guard of the past 40 years, 45 years, 50 years. I mean we are watching – he's doing things we just – we've never seen before, and that's – it's uh, – it's been it's been incredible to watch.
1: It has been. Now they took down TCU, so now we enter twenty eighteen without an undefeated team, and this has never happened before. Now I did um, a story last year when Gonzaga was making its run, and it's actually um, quite interesting that we've had Kentucky, Wichita State, and Gonzaga in recent years go at minimally, into deep February. And obviously with Wichita State, it was into March. With Kentucky, it was into April before they took their first loss. Now we have the exact opposite. Every single team in college basketball has taken at least one L. And it, this it, uh, I want to give a shout-out to quirky research on Twitter that did the work. And um, we're going back to the 40s, at least, that this has been the case. That with college basketball gets to January with at least one undefeated team. And even if there was a team in the uh, teens, 20s, 30s in college troops, the season started later. We have never had this exact kind of thing happen where uh, we are this young into a season, I guess, and all the teams have already taken on a loss. Don't know if it's a good or if it's a bad thing. I think it makes for potentially really interesting one-seed debates down the road, but there are so many conference games that still got to play out before we can get there. But if we do get there... We we will and should look back on saying, look at the non-conference play. Um, almost everyone took a loss in non-conference play, and only a handful got to league play. And then you had TCU, Arizona State, Villanova, you know, two games into league play before they took their first loss. So just an intriguing, unexpected uh, turn of events there. We won't have an undefeated watch, and I think it could make for... Um, a little bit of a clog on the one seed lines, but uh, but we'll see if any teams are able to separate themselves. Right now, you've got Duke number one in the ratings. As we turn to 2018, I think it's okay and fair to say that there is no team that has obviously separated itself. I think it's fun for us as writers when you do get a really dominant team, but i got to be honest. While that is good for college basketball, too... Personally, in terms of what I cover and watch, I prefer when we have more doubt in the top five of the rankings into mid January or so because I, I like seeing how those teams react and how they grow. So for me, this is a lot of fun.
0: I actually like having at least an undefeated team. Like, I like that storyline because then every game they play is like a, a headline grabbing game. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was Wichita State a few years ago or Kentucky a few years ago, um, teams that. You know, can go deep into January, even February, or in you know, Kentucky's case, and I believe Wichita's case as well, into March with a zero in the loss column. Like that becomes a story, just like Trey Young is a story now. And, um, Bagley is a, is, is a story and Arizona state is a story. And I think Tennessee is a surprising story. Like having that undefeated team deep into the season, you know, and you know, after college football playoff is over and Hey, look, there's a basketball team that's still undefeated at the collegiate level. I, I, I enjoy that story. So the idea they're not going to have one uh, too bad, not the biggest deal in the world, but, uh, I, I prefer it. Whether it was Villanova, TCU didn't matter to me. I would prefer if we still had, um, at least one, but we don't, and uh, so here we are. You got big New Year's Eve plans, Norlander?
1: Well, I'm just going to a friend's house. We go there every year, so it's going to be, uh, it's it's big, it's big because uh, you know, thank the in-laws for watching our little guy, so we get a little freedom with that. Um, you're just you're just chilling at home, right? You're not you're not doing anything too crazy. I
0: I think so. I um, definitely not doing anything crazy. I when you you got three kids, you I haven't been in my home for more than. Well, like I just got home twenty minutes before we started this podcast. It's
1: dedication homes.
0: Right. And I was when I was last home, I was here for I mean, I slept here for about four hours. That's it. I haven't been home for more than about a total of five hours since December twenty first. Like ten days ago. Yeah. Cause I went New York New York home for like a few hours, Orlando. Home for like a few hours. Lexington. and Now I just got home, and I got another flight back to New York tomorrow morning. I got a five a. five a m wake up call, flight to New York, um for studio work uh, with CBS Sports Network. And so, yeah, three kids and a five a m wake up call. We probably okay. just gonna hang here at the house. Yeah. Oh, what am man. I? What? What am I? Who who, who, who? who? am I trying to fool? I'm an, I'm an old man with three kids and a five a m wake up call. I can't do anything.
1: That's. That's rough man um let's wrap with this real quick. uh did you have a favorite album that came out in twenty seventeen mm. good question um I said I have decided a fa- what my favorite one is. I'm trying to figure that out.
0: I have not decided what my favorite album of two thousand I haven't even thought about it. I like the Frank ocean album
1: <sighs> that was twenty sixteen My friend oh no yeah that, were, came in, that came out that came out in sixteen track of your years. <laughs> um, I'll give you some. I'll give you some albums, some artists yeah. that came out. See, let's see it uh, if you have listened to uh, to these. Um, everything from the War on Drugs. Chris Stapleton put out two nine song records. Uh, Foo Fighters. Kendrick Lamar. Um, I like the
0: Kendrick Lamar album, but everybody likes the Kendrick Lamar. Album. Ryan
1: Adams had an album this year. did I,
0: I? Didn't love that. People love oh, the I Ryan liked, Adams. I album. Like
1: Prisoner. Now that would, I, that's borderline top five for me.
0: Really, I liked it. I didn't love it. Like everybody was like, "Oh, this is his best album since." It, no, it, I, like I like his it.
1: self-titled. He's in this like '80s reverb style, right. Period. I actually think his self-titled one from like four years ago was better than Prisoner. But I still like. It. I like this one better. I than... like. I like that one a lot. Yes, because that really that
0: one record. that was the one that sounds as closest maybe to Heartbreaker.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was a really really solid. Have you ever
0: listened to the Ryan Adams Live at Carnegie Hall?
1: You know, I have not actually.
0: It's really good. It's just him and a guitar.
1: Yeah, he's got a good ability. That's a that's a tough thing. Like in, in, him and acoustic, I would presume. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a hard thing for uh to be able to do that and and kind of get people into that uh, environment and, and really be able to, to keep everyone's attention just with his style. But he's really, really good at it. Um, Jason Isbell put out a record this year. He is. The I new love Bruce that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a new Bruce Springsteen. Like all sports writers love Jason Isbell. Um, yeah. Queens at the stone age, put out a new record. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't know if how much you would uh, how much you would listen to clearly. If you're loving the Frank Ocean record,
0: <laughs> I just I was thinking of like because uh, I listened to that. I don't know at some point over the past few days. I just you know I had it on the on a plane maybe. I just I used, I used it to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, <I> get you. <laughs> you can go to sleep. To yeah, that you Frank can Ocean actually. Out. That's a valid, That's a totally valid point. Um, for listeners, if you haven't checked it out, I I am still going to do like an end of year music podcast at some point here in like the next week. Hey, yeah, back. what
0: happened to those, dude?
1: I I got a house and stuff happened, <laughs> uh, but trust me, I desperately want to do this. But I'm I'm staring I, I down it. the barrel I, of like I, five I, features. It's I gotta find the time. It's tough. I right? enjoyed those. I I promise I'm going to bring this thing back. I have plenty of ideas. It's just it's like the one the you time. did
0: you did with uh, Bomani. You did a David yeah. Bowie one. I love that
1: one. Yeah, no, I, I do very much love doing that kind of stuff. I'd love to get Bomani back on it. He now will have a TV show starting in like a week or something like that. I think so. It might be it might be tougher. Um, but for listeners, if you haven't checked, I would recommend. Here's just a few quick albums. Um, there's a band called Sheer Mag. The album is called Need to Feel Your Love. This band sounds out of 1979. Uh, the singer's voice. Uh, if you if if it bothers you, that might be the one thing that it's 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 power. Pop punk, basically. It's uh, it was my biggest surprise record, I guess, of the year. Um, I I did like the uh, the Noel Gallagher record. I liked the War on Drugs record. Um, I liked the Saint Vincent record. Um, the Real Estate record in mind was pretty good. Ryan Adams. So these are just a few. I'm trying to give you I. I actually, you know, it's interesting. Part of the reason why I haven't done that podcast yet, GP, I have not listened to the Kendrick record in full yet, and I am going to do that what? tomorrow. I just haven't got, I haven't gotten around to it. So um, that's the one that I that got like a lot of love that I did not listen to yet. Um, so I still got to listen to "Damn," um, which is like a universal considered like best record of the year. So anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, i I'd
1: put that near the top of my list.
0: That and that Frank Ocean album, of course.
1: of course. Of course. You know, actually, what <laughs> did get a lot of love on, uh, or not a lot, of love, it got some love, was the Run the Jewels record, but that also technically came out in 2016, but these uh, year-end, it's the, it's the great, I'm, I'm so happy that we don't have to do this stuff, but the like, if you're in the music press, you have to post your best year-end list in like the end of November, even though that's you know, not the end of the damn year. Um, so because of that, Run the Jewels record last year came out after all these lists were published. And now it's getting love on, on subsequent lists. So Run the Jewels 3, very, very good, although technically a 2016 record.
0: I like that album a lot. There's a couple of Memphis rappers that put out good albums. A guy named Marco Pave, a really good album, and a, and a rapper named Moneybag Money Money Yo. <laughs> Have you checked out Moneybag Yo?
1: Have I- you checked out Moneybag Yo? How do you come up with that name for yourself? I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't disparage it at all, but it's just like when you're thinking about what you're going to land on and it's Moneybag Yo.
0: I love I love rap names. I love, I love that you can just decide to call yourself Moneybag Yo and it's like perfectly acceptable. Oh my gosh. Like I mean I think about it. Like you you walk around being called Matt and yeah. I walk around being called Gary and there's a dude out there who walks around being called Moneybag Yo. <laughs> how, how cool is that?
1: Cool beyond any sort of Like, What about what, what if I just changed my name to Moneybag yo? Like if I just decided to do that when I was 23. Or now <laughs> when you're
0: 47.
1: Yeah. I'm not hey, – hey, hey, hey. Ah, there he is. Yeah. Almost 40. slipped it past the goalie. 40. 40. 40 years old. Please go subscribe
0: to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. And, hey, there's this one guy. And if you're listening, I can't even remember who you are, but he went and gave us a 3-star review simply because I called him a nerd for listening to the podcast on a Friday night. So that's
1: good. unacceptable behavior. Love it. I, no, that's I, funny. That's good. That's that's high level right there.
0: His his review was 3 stars because Parrish called me a nerd. <laughs> that's that's unac- that's not that's an unacceptable behavior. I apologize for calling people nerds, but I tell you what, what kind of nerd going to listen to a college basketball podcast
1: on New Year's Eve? Huh? <laughs> you just did it again. Two more people are going did... to do it. They're going <laughs> no, to be two, three starring this thing.
0: <laughs> You'd better not. I'm joking around. I'm just joking around. I am going to. I just acknowledge I'm going to stay at home on New Year's Eve and like probably be in bed by 10 o'clock. I'm the nerd. Don't ever forget. I'm the nerd here. All right?
1: Until talk to I, you on Wednesday. I,
0: we're going to do this again on Wednesday. I can't wait. I want. I want by Wednesday your definitive list – of top 10 best-looking college basketball coaches. And we'll compare them. We'll spend another 10 minutes on that.
1: I am making no promises about that.
0: <laughs> Please go subscribe. Rate it favorably. Five stars and nice comments. I mean that. Got to make up for this clown who gave us three stars because I called him a nerd. It's free. And it's fun. So go do that. And we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Till then, take care.